Well, during the break, Troy and I just admiring Kathy Bates and her work on The Office. 76 today. Wow. Now, this was filmed... Jeez, this was probably... 12-ish years ago? Maybe 13 when this episode of The Office aired? I don't know for sure. When Saber bought Dunder Mifflin. And Joe Bennett, the owner, shows up at uh, Dunder Mifflin Scranton. <laughs> Who talked with the media about the printer? Her southern accent's great. Yes. Oh, she's she's put that, deployed that in some other programs that she's done on TV. I thought she was she's amazing stellar. on American Horror Story. She was on a few seasons of that. Actually, more than a few, like three or four, mm-hmm. it felt like. Uh, but I tell you what. One of the biggest arguments that ever took place on the history of this show, the game, right here on K-Man. I've been on this show since uh, July of 2014. One of the biggest arguments that ever took place was if Kathy Bates was relevant or not. What? I stuck up for Kathy. It was John and Mason that were trying to tell me what is she? She has been in anything. Who has ever heard of Kathy Bates? Oh, it, well, it was a of, long argument. First of all, I'm, I'm not surprised about this from John. It went back to music versus movies. Here's the reference, though. Went back when we were playing music versus movies, and I played the clip from Misery where yes. she's talking about hobbling. And she goes on to break the dude's ankles. Yes. Uh, and in fact, that would be the scene that I was discussing with uh, Jasmine Holloway this morning, who has not seen Misery. And what just a freaky scene that is. How well she played it. Oh, yeah. She did a fantastic job. Didn't she win like an Academy Award or was nominated for it? She was nominated for it. For that role? Now, I remember her most, of course, from Misery. The three things. Misery, The Office, American Horror Story. She was also on Six Feet Under. She did. She was on for very much, but she was like directing the show at the time. Mm-hmm. She had a series of her own briefly on NBC, I remember, where she was an attorney. Yeah, I don't recall that at all. Yeah, but she has done so much in her career. But she's never been like a main actor act, or like an actress. In, like, she in was that like a show supporting she was. role. In that show, she was. Okay. She was the lead. But yeah, for the most part, she's been in that number two spot, if you will. But- Oh, it, misery. Oh, my God. That The whole book, the whole movie. Actually, to me, it's the best Stephen King movie that's out there. At least until you get to the recent vintage, maybe It. Yeah, It. Would qualify. But, but older versions of stuff. You know, Christine was awful. Oh, um, and, of course, who could forget Kathy Bates and the Waterboy? Yes. Bobby Boucher's mama. <laughs> I mean, that's an iconic role, is it not? <laughs> it is. She was in Fried Green Tomatoes, too. Yeah, I've never seen that. See, and that's part of where that southern accent plays so well. I actually just pulled up. Oh, she's from Memphis. Her uh, filmography. A lot of the movies that she has been in, I know they're like critically acclaimed films. Big deal, like uh, about Schmidt with Jack Nicholson. I've never seen that. Um. She was in the second Bad Santa. I've seen that movie, and I don't remember her in it. But anyway, yeah. You get what I'm saying. To me, she, she's got to be one of the best supporting actresses that have ever been out there before. Uh, we got more news from Taylor Bratt today because he sent out a second 
Bring on the cats. Just moments ago, no joke, just a few moments ago, and this comes just a few hours after the, after the addition of uh, Kanajal Thomas. Again, mm-hmm. I'm guessing on that, the three-star uh, defensive back from Dell City, Oklahoma. He becomes the eighth Wildcat to commit, and it looks like we do have a ninth, and it looks like it is the son of John Fabris, who in two stints coached uh, defensive ends here at K-State. Okay. His last run ended in 2018, along with also the end of Bill Snyder's tenure here at K-State. His, his son's name is Jack. Um, I honestly don't know a ton about him. He doesn't really have a Rivals or 24-7 sports page. Um, I know he's listed as an athlete. He's 6-1. And his dad coached here. So, uh, I, I mean, of course, I'll look more into this. Maybe we'll have more on that tomorrow, but... Uh, I saved this time for a special segment, and that's because huge news reported earlier today, and that is about the Big 12, and who it looks like is going to be hired as the commissioner, the new commish of the Big 12 taking over for Bob Bowlesby. Is Bob Bowlesby's real name Richard? <laughs> or I'm sorry, not Richard, Robert. Yes. Robert. Yes. Is it? Yes. I'm going to double check here. Richard. I'm thinking of a different nickname with that. Uh, Let's see here. He is Robert Addison Bowlesby. So he is a Robert. Bob Bowlesby. (laughs) Boy, does that sound like old college right there. (laughs) Robert Addison Bowlesby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So this was first reported by Sports Illustrated. Brett Yormark who is currently the COO, the Chief Operations Officer for Jay-Z's Rock Nation. And it looks like they are working right now to finalize a deal, and he is most likely going to be the new commissioner of the Big 12. As a matter of fact, you know, it was the last couple of days, this was also reported by SI, and that is a small group of Big 12 presidents were interviewing finalists in Dallas. Not a single one of them came from primarily the college sports industry so neither one of the finalists had worked much in college sports Mm -hmm. if any at all now your mark he's 55 years old and for the last three years he's been at rock nation he was actually not too long ago just a few months ago was given the um the promotion to be the ceo after being ceo with his brother michael so what rock nation is and this is according to their website is a full service entertainment company exclusive to artists and athlete management label publishing touring film and tv and new ventures rock nation sports focuses on elevating i know coach tang's gonna love that word this is another elevator rock nation sports focuses on elevating athletes careers on a global scale both on and off the field rock nation sports and executive marketing, endorsement deals, community outreach, charitable tie-ins, media relations, and brand strategy. Jay-Z's agency. Yeah. First of all, let's let's talk about that for a second. Leaving Jay-Z's company to work for the Big 12 mm-hmm. on a global marketing type of scale. I mean, is that not kind of a step down? Yeah, I, I, I've had this in my head today. Unless he just wants to get more into sports, 
But right now he's working, he's basically running a company day to day that is working with some of the biggest rap and hip hop artists in the world. And also on a, on a sports level, they're not working with the biggest names. I think the biggest name they have is Saquon Barkley. Let's bear in mind, though, he had six years with NASCAR as part of his previous experience and with the Nets, which Jay-Z, of course, owns partially yeah, the through. Co- the company he was working for was basically hired by the Brooklyn Nets to elevate their mm-hmm. global appeal. So, um, So there is sports experience in there, just not what he is doing currently. But I had that question essentially about you know a, a guy who is based in New York City essentially and moving to a Big 12 where your outposts are Manhattan, Lawrence, Stillwater, Ames it's a it's a very odd move i think in some ways it's odd because it leaves some questions yes right it's odd and it leaves questions because he's not known as a 100 percent sports guy he doesn't i mean he was never an athletic director he was never a president of a university which seems like a shoe-in to be in this kind of a role but what we've seen across at least what we're starting to see i mean the latest example has been the pac-12 of hiring guys that don't have this background. They're going outside the box. They're going with guys that have been brought in on previous roles. And, I mean, Yormack is a great example. His last three jobs, he was hired because he knows what it takes to make, for instance, NASCAR. Make it bigger than it already is. NASCAR wanted more of it. A, like in a national and global appeal. Mm-hmm. They wanted more of a brand. Mm-hmm. They hired this guy to do so. And guess what? Was successful. BSC Global, who was managing the Barclays Center and Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets wanted to be more of a brand, wanted to be more of a name. When it comes to you know overseas, exhibition games is just an example. The Brooklyn Nets wanted to be more a part of that conversation. They wanted to be invited over so they could have appeal overseas, introduce their brand to those in other countries. Guess what? He was hired to be in control of that, make it happen, and guess what? Was successful at that job. And then Rock Nation, who has now been turned into a billion-dollar industry. They are worth $18 billion today, and he has been in charge of that Ever one of the people in charge of it now he is the day-to-day operations officer for Rock Nation, and he was in charge during the pandemic, and continued to be successful, and was also in charge of like, all right, we're now getting out of this pandemic. We need to get these artists back on tour. These artists, not only just the artists, but also athletes still wanting to build their brand. And it's not just on the field. It's off the field in many different endeavors. He was looked upon to make that business better, more lucrative, and make it bigger. Expand the brand. And guess what? He was successful at doing that. I mean, the Pac-12, they hired a guy that was with MGM in Mm -hmm. Vegas, Mm -hmm. running casinos. 
And the Big Ten went outside of the norm in hiring from the Minnesota Vikings. They went NFL guy, who did have some college experience, but still, to to hire back from the NFL was a big move. I think this is a great pickup because what is so important in the next couple of years? TV. TV. The media rights agreement. There is going to be a negotiation that goes down. And, you know, what better than to have a person in that role to be the head of those negotiations that when they approach the poker table, you're not showing up with a short stack, even though there's been movement in the Big 12. Your two most lucrative, when it comes to a brand, your two lucrative universities are now leaving for the SEC. He will be able to show up to that table with a big stack. It may not be chip leader, but it's going to be a big stack. He will be somebody that does his homework because he has done this thing kind of thing before. Not necessarily this kind of thing, but he has done multiple times in his career. Show others that the brand that he is representing is a big deal and one you need to invest in. One of the things I saw noted this morning was that when he arrived for his interview, they were impressed with the Rolodex and contacts. He had a bigger Rolodex than anybody, and the contacts were impressive. Connections are going to be huge. Are huge. Well, I mean, if you want to be a big shot, I mean, heck, just in, uh, in sports broadcasting, if you want to be a big shot, it really helps out if you have connections. The reason I'm working here today is because I had connections. It's taken me this far. I don't know how much further it could take me, but at least it got me here. And this was, a, of course, a big step in my career, and I've been here for almost 10 years. I think I've been getting better. I think I've been doing an okay job. I'm not perfect. Like I said, we learned that in the first hour. But he is a fearless leader. As a matter of fact, he's been called a fearless leader in his time. When he was at NASCAR, he did such a good job. He landed on the 40 under 40 list by the Sports Business Journal. That's not an mm-hmm. easy list to make. Mm-hmm. You got to be a damn good executive. You got to be knowing what you're doing. You got to make such a buzz in right. that industry right. to be able to land on that list. It takes some work, yes. So does this guy have a resume to show that he could he, he's one of the best you can put out there on the negotiating table where we're already expecting I mean it's an expectation of the number of money, the dollar amount you're going to bring in in the next media rights agreement could go down. I mean, it could, but you could rival maybe his work, but his success rate has proven itself. I was very impressed when I was reading through, you know, what he has done in the last 15 to 20 years. I mean, I mean, NASCAR, the resume is huge. NASCAR isn't exactly the easiest brand to elevate. Mm-hmm. It's got its it's got its appeal, right? It's got its fan base to take it to a to the next level. And I can't you know specifically tell you what he did to make that all happen, but the important thing just to know is he got it done. NASCAR was very happy by the way he handled that. He got a better job out of it, and then working for the Brooklyn Nets in the Barclays Center and for Barclays, 
that turned into working for Rock Nation, mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest representatives when it comes to music artists that is around today. And it's made Jay-Z a very rich person. And Jay-Z trusted this gentleman in Brett Yormark to be in charge of that company. So when is Jay-Z performing at halftime of the Big 12 football championship? I've seen all that on Twitter today. <laughs> I know. The one joke. The one joke yeah. everybody has. Okay, fine. Beyonce then. <laughs> I, 99 problems, but a commission ain't one. Yeah, I, I know. Kurtz and uh, yeah. it, it, it was actually Scott Wildcat, I believe, that came up with that first. But shout out to Scott Wildcat. Love that guy. He's awesome. Love uh, Bosco's Bullies. A lot to talk about now. Certainly no doubt about that. But um, I... To wrap this up, I'm I'm very happy with this decision. I like the idea going outside the box. You just want the strong business guy that can talk business, that can bring in money, knows how to negotiate, knows how to talk to these top executives that he's going to be talking to soon when it comes to those at ESPN. Because that's going to be a very important conversation that takes place. And for somebody that already has that experience, I mean, just your normal school president you know i i know kurt Scholes was up for the job mm-hmm. and but that ended pretty quickly yeah i mean there's no way there's he there's i mean no offense but just does not have those kind of chops that's that's a totally different ball game it's such mm-hmm. an important ball game now especially since the big 10 sec oh gosh and yes. also now i'm getting confused i think it was the acc those three they're already going to have their new deals before mm-hmm. the Big 12 gets their chance to also talk about their new deal. Correct. So you have that competition where those deals are going to be made before the Big 12 has their media rights expire and before that have the talks of building a new one. So that's not fun to deal with. No. But now it feels like somebody trustworthy will be in charge of hopefully – successfully taking care of that discussion. So I'm, I'm, I like it. I like it. I'm, you know what? Big 12 media days is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not, but um, I, I would imagine the announcement will be made by then. I, I would just be glad to hear if he has any ideas right for the big 12. Right. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, Guess who's in the lineup for the Royals tonight? You could probably guess. It's coming up next. Continue with the game, Mitch Fortner, along with Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland. Am I saying it right? Travion Berkland. You have to throw a pinky in the air and show respect to the Berkland name. <laughs> Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Oldsburg, Kansas. Oldsburg, Kansas. I don't think I've ever been to Oldsburg. I went to Blue Valley High School. Yeah, Rams. I, I was going to go there with it. Yep. Hmm. Did you play any sports? In middle school, not in high school. Not though. a big athlete? Nah. Well, neither are most sports guys. Am I right, Troy? Yeah. 
Because you didn't go. Did you play any high school sports? No. No. Uh, for multiple reasons. I was looking around. I, I felt like I saw on, was it Twitter yesterday? There, there was a Vinny Pasquantino song. Somebody yeah. put together a song. Yeah. I was looking for it and couldn't find it. I was disappointed in the Royals, Mike Matheny, last night because Vinny wasn't in the lineup. I felt like, why are you not having him at first base? You got Hunter Dozier there, which he's going to be playing at first tonight. Not Pasquantino, Dozier. Pasquantino's going to DH. Okay. I'm surprised he's not even in the field. Right. Yeah, that is a bit surprising, actually. But we will see him in the lineup. What's his nickname? Italian Breakfast? Italian Nightmare. Nightmare. Where does Italian Breakfast come from? Someone was asking. They, they, they got into the comparison with Billy Butler. Country Breakfast. Oh, Country, yes. So now he's Italian Breakfast because he can hit the... Yeah, but it, he actually picked up the nickname, and George Brett wants to enforce it, Italian Nightmare. Uh, there needs to be an Italian breakfast night at Kauffman Stadium. Oh, I don't know boy, what yeah. that would be. I don't know what Italians eat for breakfast. Breakfast pizza? Breakfast pizza is awesome, by the way. It is one of the most underrated foods of all time. Mm-hmm. Breakfast pizza. Genius idea. I don't know who came up with it. I hope they're a billionaire. For tonight's matchup against the Texas Rangers... Pasquantino will be batting sixth in the lineup and will be the designated hitter. I just wanted to bring this up because I'm calling it. It has been since April of 1995, a Kansas City Royal making his Major League Baseball debut, hit a home run in his first at-bat. John Nunnally, who played a little bit in the outfield for a couple of years for the Royals, in 95 and 96, he was then, I believe, traded, ended mm-hmm. up in Cincinnati. But old number 29 in his Major League Baseball debut in 95 hit a home run. He is the last Royal, and he's the only Royal to ever hit a home run in his first at-bat. I'm calling it right here, right now. You've heard it first, right here on the News Radio KMAN, that Vinny Pasquantino will hit a home run in his first at-bat. I mean, what's all this talk about this blaze of a bat of Vinny Pasquantino if he doesn't go up there in his first A-B and smack one over the fence, into the fountains? Just go right for the fountains. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Hopefully he's more Billy Butler than Bob Hamlin. There's a reference you may not get. I was hoping you were you would elaborate. Bob Hamlin was the American League Rookie of the Year in 1994 for the Royals. Never replicated it. As in, he had a good first year. Never and replicated. Didn't show it. up again. That would be it. So I get a little leery of prospects, but we shall see. Well, countering for the. Texas Rangers is John Gray, three and three this year with a four eighteen ERA. Also, boy, boy, you know, Bubic yesterday or Bubich rather, excuse me, didn't get through five innings last night, giving up seven runs, but it doesn't help that the infield is kicking it around. Second straight game. But John he, Jonathan Heasley, who I'm a big fan of, I think he's got great potential. He is one and three with a four fourteen ERA, 
but I'm a big fan of this kid. Couple of rooks. Let's go get that win tonight. Vinny Pasquantino, you know, Italians, they have big families. <laughs> and I'm sure, boy, <laughs> if you win, maybe they'll cook for you afterwards, a big pasta dinner afterwards for the Royals. That's a way to do it, kids. Go get a win for Vinny and Jonathan tonight. Go ahead. Bob Hamlin, 1994 AL Rookie of the Year. Shortened season, of course, because of the strike. 282 batting average, 24 home runs, 65 RBI. Think about this for a moment. 24 home runs as a rookie and that 280 average. Career 246 with only 67 home runs. Serious flame out. Yeah. By the way, speaking of flame out, I mean, the Royals, it was fun while last, nope. winning five of six. Woof. Now they've won one of the last five. Time to break that losing streak. Let's go, Vinny. I'm your biggest fan. You're the only Royal I like in this lineup, pretty much. Other than, you know, Bobby Wood Jr., I like him too. Mm. Whit Merrifield has been disappointing me. Uh, Andrew, I forgot about Andrew Benintendi. At least he can hit. At least he can hit. True. Has he been hitting lately, though? I haven't paid attention to his numbers. Yeah, he's still he's still okay. solid. So he's still yeah. been doing well. Uh, MJ Melendez, you know, whatever. He's good. I'm, I like that he's catching again instead of Cam Gallagher. Right. All right. Uh, let's take our quick break, and when we come back, it's time for a number one song of the day from the days of Troy Coverdale being in the Pride of Wildcat land, the <laughs> Kansas State University marching band. Next. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kim Commando Show. I'll teach you how you can text your grandkids and send photos without using a scanner. And encourage you to visit the website for all of those same tips. She makes good money on that, though. I listen to the show sometimes on Saturdays if I'm in the car. Yes. She does a really good job. It's I learn always learn something. Her knowledge of tech... I love her gimmick. She plays a game where um, she like makes up two things, but like one thing is real, two are made up. It's like some new, mm-hmm. something in tech coming out, and they're yep. like always something bizarre, like a portable nose picker, <laughs> on sale right now for two ninety nine, and that's two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, this is from nineteen eighty nine. Troy remembers that year quite well. Senior year of high school. Oh, you were, well, it would have been... Yeah, okay, so you would have been going to college. School, freshman year of college. Well, this is She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young, Cam- Fine Young Cannibals with one week at number one. Pock Rock Band from Birmingham, England. More Brits on the show. And formed in 1984. They did not last long. They actually mm-hmm. broke up in 1992, only lasting eight years. Their name... Where does it come from? It comes from a 1960 film called All the Fine Young Cannibals, starring Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. It gets a 50% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Travion, you ever seen that movie? Nope. You ever heard of it? Nope. Troy probably hasn't heard of it either. I've never heard of it. Nope. Heard of Robert Wagner. 
They only had two studio albums, three top 40 hits, and it's their first of two. Number one. So two of the three top 40s went to number one, and it's from their second album called the, the Raw and the Cooked. Yeah. So perfect for a group that called themselves Fine Young Cannibals. So a little story <laughs> about Fine Young Can- Fine Young Cannibals. So it was two people in the band. They were in a previous band. They went to find a singer. Well, with that singer, they like searched and searched and searched, went out through all these audition uh, cassette tapes, like over 500 of them. And then they landed on this guy, Roland Griff. Now, Roland Gift, rather. Now, the way you hear him singing, that's a falsetto voice. That's not the typical singing voice he goes with. But when they originally recorded this song, it was called She's My Baby and not She Drives Me Crazy. And they were like, this just doesn't sound good. This doesn't work. So Roland was like, all right, I've been trying out this falsetto thing. How about we switch it up? Let's go with something. She, she drives me crazy. And I'll sing in falsetto. Recorded it. Everybody loved it. Well, somehow, someway, that bizarre vocal style decision made quite an impact because it was a huge hit. It's an earworm <laughs> and made them just a ton of money. I mean, when you hear the phrase, she drives me crazy, how do you not think of this song? Kim Commando, <laughs> her award winning show, she's in the Radio Hall of Fame decided to go with this song i mean the riff alone is mem- is memorable troy you're gonna like this do you know where this song was recorded hmm power station nope studio b of prince's ah paisley park complex outside of minneapolis yes i should have known that there are some famous covers and parodies. Dolly Parton covered this song back in 2008. Weird Al got his hands on it. He turned it into She Drives Like Crazy. Mm-hmm. About a woman who you don't want to be in the driver's seat or don't want her to be in the driver's seat and you're in the passenger seat. And then Arsenio Hall, <laughs> he also recorded this as a spoof and he called it Ho is Crazy. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. Was it on the Arsenio Hall show? Yes, it was a part okay. of Arsenio show. I figured show. it was. It was yeah. in 89 when he when he did that song. Uh, the music video received several nominations at the 1989 MTV Video Music Awards, including Best Video, which lost out to Neil Young's This Notes For You. Which was a... Um, how to put it? Um, I've never even heavy, heard the song. It was a heavy commentary-filled video specifically about corporate rock, how corporatism has taken over rock, and it was mocking such things as Budweiser and other groups you know, that would be doing their tours sponsored by. Was it a mocking, like when in the Wayne's World movie where they start... No. Showing a bunch of brands. Uh, and yes and no. I mean, promos. Neil, Neil, Neil had some promos in there in terms of jokes, but they were tied to the song specifically. And then they're also nominated for Best Group Video. They lost to Living Colors Cult of Personality, which is a fantastic music video. Also true. God, and, man, that was a year right there. There, I can remember specifically when I heard Cult of Personality for the first time. It's one of the few songs I can remember that when I instantly heard it. 
I was like, this is an amazing song. Just incredible. So good, CM Punk has made it his theme song. Think about this from a musical standpoint in 1989. This song, Living Colors Cult of Personality. Let's throw in Prince and Bat Dance. I mean, you're starting to get into some really, really legendary uh, smithereens, uh, Girl Like You. Yeah, that was quite a year of year on rock that year. Let's see if you agree with this. In 2018, Time Out Magazine listed She Drives Me Crazy at number 28 on their countdown of the 50 best songs of the 80s. I don't... She Drives Me Crazy isn't that good. As a matter of fact, I'm not really a fan of this song. My my judgment of it's going to be colored by the fact that it was my senior year in high school. Freshman year in college. I, I think, like, when you're at that age, like... Around that time, songs will typically age well. Not for me, at least when it comes to pop. A little bit of rock would age like "Ladies and Gentlemen" by Saliva. I still love that song that came out around the time I was in high school, getting ready to graduate. I think the songs that stick with me though is what I listened to in my childhood, the '90s. Sure, stick really close to me. All right, um, Travion, are you prepared? Yes, I do have questions for you. All right, we'll take a break. Travion will have "Ask Us Anything" next. Travion, the floor is yours. We haven't heard the questions yet, so I'm excited to hear what you have for us. My first question today is, do either of you have any fast food stories? Because I know Troy is a big (laughs) McDonald's fan, and I know you're a big Whataburger fan. McDonald's breakfast fan. Let's clarify that. Did you say fast food stories? Horror stories. Oh, horror stories. Well, boy, I can give you one. It is very gross. <laughs> um, I was in Phoenix, Arizona for WrestleMania 26. It was right before the Hall of Fame ceremony. And um, went to a McDonald's close by. It, this is gross. I'm just warning you now, this is extremely gross. I don't know if it was a homeless person, but somebody went into the men's restroom. Oh, boy. And smeared feces all over the walls. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I felt so bad for those employees at McDonald's that day. That had to clean that. And no joke, I've been to McDonald's maybe twice. Uh, Nothing to do with McDonald's. I've I've kind of, in my own personal choices, kind of taken McDonald's completely out of my diet. But, man, I felt so bad for those people. For whatever reason, I mean, I could blame it on the fact that i am my father's son uh sausage egg and cheese mcmuffins have been breakfast for way too long (laughs) that that's an issue (laughs) i mean for crying out loud that was breakfast on my wedding day for crying you know (laughs) (laughs) really well here's the deal um i had stayed in town that night in seneca and you know the house is crazy and I'm not supposed to see my bride day of until the wedding itself. And, you know, this this was when the nieces and nephews were really young. And so it was just craziness at the house that morning. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to get, get grab breakfast. Well, just recently I went to uh, KFC <laughs> for the first time in forever just because I was like, oh, I haven't been here forever. I'll, I'll get a little something. I got one of those fill-up meals. 
and they didn't put my cookie in the bag. I was so hot. I hate when that happens. I was so hot. What else do you have? Do you have anything? Um, when I was a kid and we went to California, I was like six years old and I was wearing my Madagascar um, pajamas and no shoes. And we go into a McDonald's and they would not, they refused to give me a Happy Meal. They were like, we cannot serve you. No shoes, no service. Hey, <laughs> got to follow the rules. Can't play by your own. Yeah, right. right. Got another question? Got time for one more. Uh, what food do you refuse to eat following on the food theme? There's a couple. Um, tomatoes, like fresh tomato, like sliced tomatoes. I, I, I can't do it, but the newest one that's taken the lead as just the most disgusting food ever, black olives, not going to do it. I had someone actually raving about a black olive bar the other day. I was like, what? That's, no. What a freak. Um, no, I just, in general, vegetables don't work with this guy. They just don't. <laughs> Travion? Uh... Offend everybody. Throw something out there. We're all going to be mad. I don't know. I'm not that big of a steak fan, honestly. Oh, there it is. Oh, boy. Wow. You're fired. All right. We got to go. I don't refuse to eat it, but, you know. For Travion, for Troy, I'm Mitch. We're back tomorrow. Go Cats.